Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at C3CityLight.com or on social media at C3 City Light. Today we're going to share a vision with you and some things God's really been speaking into our heart to release for the city. And let me just get something straight. This isn't my church. This isn't Pastor April's church. This is our church. This is your church. This is what God's called us to. This is ours. So this vision you're hearing today, this ain't my vision. This isn't Pastor April's vision. This is our church's vision, what God's going to do through this church to change the landscape of Raleigh and the world. But sometimes it's easy to come like, oh, well, of course you're going to say that. No, this is our church. This ain't my church. This is our church. But I'm so excited to get to do our first ever Vision Builder Sunday. And maybe you're wondering, why would a church take a whole Sunday just to talk about vision? Well, we are going to talk about vision, but there's also a message. There's also some key applications for us. Like, don't worry, you're going to get the word of God. Our vision's coming from the word of God. But have you ever noticed in your life, maybe you're like me, where there's been seasons of my life where I didn't have like a really clear vision. I didn't have like a clear, clear direction or orientation for that season of where I was supposed to be going. And when that happens, whatever's urgent or important, you go put that fire out. And then when that's done, you go to the next one, you put that fire out. And then before you know it, you're just ping-ponging back and forth through life, doing what's important, doing what's urgent, and you're never making any progress. It's like being on a treadmill. Man, I'm working hard for 30 minutes. Woo! I haven't gone anywhere. I'm in the same spot. But I've been busy. I've been active. I've been getting it. But I didn't make any progress. I'm in the same spot. Vision helps us not do that. Not just going from what's important to what's urgent, but going to a destination and a direction. We need a vision from our life. And the beautiful thing about our God is that he's living and active. He's real. And he wants to speak purpose and destiny and give us all a vision for our life. And a vision for this church to reach this city. We're not just trying to go back and forth doing stuff that's important. We want to do what God's called us to do. And our church, C3, is a part of this family of churches. Christian City Church. Started 40-some years ago in Sydney, Australia. Pastor Phil and Pastor Chris Pringle. These hippies during the 60s come in off the beach and walk into an old school church. Good vibes, babe. Good vibes. I don't know what it is, but good vibes. Well, they stick it out. They hear the gospel. Something inside of their heart just gets, what? And they run up there in the altar service and just, I want this Jesus you're talking about. I need it. I want it. Forty-some years ago, over 600 churches ago. But their vision is to plant a city-influencing church in every major city. And, hey, we're going to do our part in Raleigh. We're going to do our part in Raleigh. And I can just not tell them what churches are going to get planted from this one. But we're going to get this right in Raleigh. And Vision Builders is about catching that vision and advancing God's kingdom here in our context, Raleigh. There's something specific God wants to do in Raleigh. There's some specific problems in this city and in this region that God wants to use our church to help fix. And we're going to do it. But I'm telling you, vision leads us to our future. We don't have to just be on the hamster wheel of life, moving, moving. Vision leads us to our future. But the thing about future that's so interesting, there's always a battle for the future. There's always a battle for the future. Like, you just don't just, oh, that's what's going to happen. We're going to get there. I mean, come on. It's Vision Builder Sunday. I'm preaching a point that there's a battle for the future. And as soon as we get the truck unloaded this morning, at 726, the power goes out for this whole grid. 
The team's like, what are we going to do? We're going to set up everything, and we're going to believe that the power is going to come back on. We're going to run the cables. We're going to set the sound system up, get the flashlights out. Our vision's too important just to roll over. We're going to get this thing, you know? And so there's always a battle for the future. We see it in the Bible. God raised up Moses to bring deliverance to his people. And what does Pharaoh do when, when Moses was small? Hey, every boy under two years old, let's kill him. So Moses' mom weaves up baskets, put Moses in them. I hope this works and puts him out into the Nile. And then Pharaoh's daughter picks up Moses, raises him. I love how God always flips the enemy's plan upside down. Wait a minute. I'm going to let the enemy provide housing and shelter and food for my deliverer that's coming out of this place. Right? God's always got a plan, but there's a battle for the future. Jesus is born. King Herod hears there's a king coming to, from Israel. What? Who, who's this king? of the, Wait a minute. What? Let's kill all the two-year-olds right around Bethlehem. We'll, we'll shut this thing down now. So Mary and Joseph flee to Egypt. Flee. There's always a battle for the future. In a church being less than 10 months old, there is a battle for our future. So I'm sharing this vision with you today. I'm sharing this principle and this direction of where we're going today for you to help me fight and protect this future through prayer. We all have a part to play. And I'm believing that as we share this vision with you, and as we share what we're going to accomplish in the next year, something inside of your heart, that's my part to play. And it just pops right up. You know, that's my part to play. Oh, I can do that. Oh, I can't wait to do that. I'm, mm, let's go. Something inside of us is going to raise up, and that's what's going to happen over the next couple minutes. So our, nothing's changed in our vision. We're still trying to accomplish the same thing we have from day one when we were in Dallas praying about this church. Our vision is to see all awaken to the light and love of Jesus. You can have whatever social program. You can have whatever program and 12-step and 10-step and everything else. But I'm telling you, when somebody meets Jesus, there's no denying it. Only he can make someone who's dead in their sins become alive. Only Jesus can do that. And if he did it for me and he did it for you, he can do it for this whole city. And we're going to keep proclaiming that until we see it happen. So that's our vision until all become awakened to the light and love of Jesus. And when April and I were praying about the vision of the church, God, what do you want it to look like for us? And there's a handy-dandy slide in your pocket. I totally missed that cue. You're awesome. Thanks for that little Instagram. If you'll take your phone out, we're switching it up today. Switching it up. Don't worry about the screen being crooked. It's all good. You got your phone out, Instagram, probably never seen a church do this, but hey, we're trying to save some trees. We're trying, we don't need like flossy pamphlets and all that. We got your phone out, go to Instagram, C3 City Light. Yeah, follow us. And we've got an amazing, what's it called, an Insta letter, Insta newsletter, and we saved a whole lot of trees. And you can follow along with these points. Thank you. I would have not mentioned that. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. This is our vision. This is what we're doing as a church, individually and corporately. Here we go. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they see your good works and they give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The point of light is to shine. That's the whole point of light. Something's dark, bring some light into it, and darkness has to flee. That's the whole point. And Jesus is telling these guys, listening, you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. 
But it's interesting because we see later in John that he says that God is light and in him there is no darkness. Well, wait a minute, who's the light? Are we the light or is God? God's the light. But once we come to faith, we've got him inside of us. And guess what, baby? We're the light. And there's not a light switch inside of us. We have to turn on and turn off and turn on and turn off. Oh, I'm at work on Monday. Let me turn the light off. I'm at church on Sunday morning. Let me turn the light. No, it's always on. It's always on because we've got God inside of us. He's not jumping in, jumping out, jumping. It ain't double dutch. We've got the Holy Spirit living inside of us, turning us into a temple of God. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's with us. And because he's with us, we are the light of the world. And there's no off switch. Now, there's a warning here. There's a warning. Don't put it under a basket, right? We can let the stuff of life, the worry of life, the distractions of life come in and cover up our light. Right? We can. But that's not what we're called to do. What we're called to do, don't put that light under a basket. Put it up on a stand. And our goal for this year is to build the biggest stand we can possibly build. Not to make a name for this church, but so that people can see Jesus. We want the light of Jesus to shine all throughout this city, all throughout this region, and to the ends of the earth. Because that's the mandate that God's called all believers to. So we see in verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they see your good works and they give glory to your Father in heaven. People see you at work go through a crazy situation with joy on your life. How in the world do they have peace on their life? How in the world do they have a kind response when that, that person was just being crazy? How do they respond with just this deep well of joy that just not runs out? Like, how do they overcome one of the greatest tragedies of life and still have joy, still have a song in their heart? How? They will see our good works and they will glorify our Father in heaven. It's not about anyone in this room getting a pat on the back. Way to go, C3 City. Like, you're awesome. No, it's, man, God is real. He's moving. He's active. He's doing stuff right here in Raleigh. Wow, God is faithful. He's real. But the point of light is to shine. And our goal as a church is to equip every person in this room to live that way. We want to live as the light of the world individually and corporately. But individually, everywhere we work, live, play, study, everywhere we're walking and breathing, we're living as the light of the world. So we can walk into any situation and declare the goodness of God. We can walk into any hopeless situation. God's faithful. He hasn't failed. We can stand on his word. Things are going to change. He's with us. It's okay. And we can trust and we can declare that. So our goal as pastors and as leaders is to equip us as a church. Every member is a minister. You're a minister. When you're coaching your kids' little league team, you're bringing the kingdom of God to that dugout. And they're watching you. And they're going to take away what they see. And if you're the light of the world, they could get something off of you into their life that could totally change the outcome of their future. Same thing at work, same thing at the restaurants. All over, we're called, the point of light is to shine. But for this year, we're taking that vision of what God's called us to in that verse of Matthew 5, 14 through 16. We're taking all of that and keep doing it, but we're focusing in on the foundation. A building can only rise as high as the foundation can support. Foundations are important. I mean, come on, we can all probably relate to seeing some foundations go up. Man, Raleigh's blowing up. I mean, from like Peace and West. And I mean, those roads are just like, 
sky rise, sky rise, sky rise. I mean, things are going up like crazy. In Dallas, we saw it all the time where our church was at there. Um, it was in a place where just these huge, like 20-foot or 20-story buildings were getting built all the time. And it was such a pain because it would affect traffic. And then you'd have to wait, and they'd block it. And huge 18-wheelers were trying to back in these tiny two-lane roads. It's crazy. But the foundation part always frustrated because it seemed like nothing was happening. It just seemed like it took forever, which it didn't. It just seemed that way because it didn't seem like there was a lot of movement. I mean, it almost seemed like things were going backwards. Like, here's the dirt. Now you've excavated it, and now here's the dirt. I thought a point of a building was to be built and go up, not down. It's almost like you're going backwards there in the foundation stage because you've got to dig out. You've got to clear it out. You've got to dig out the old dirt. It takes time to lay all the plumbing it takes time to get all the footers right, and you got to pour those things. you got to let them set and get the rebar in there. you got to get all It takes time. But at some point, it's all set. And then before you know it, the walls come up, the windows get put in, there's a ceiling on it, there's a roof, and like, whoa, the lights are. But it takes a while sometimes for the foundation, but you got to get the foundation right because a building can only rise as high as the foundation can support. So right now, we know that what God's calling us to do is to dig the foundation, dig the foundation, get the culture right, get the, who we are, what God's called, get it right, and get it inside of all of our hearts. So no matter where we go, we're living on mission and doing it. But I'm telling you, it's not going to take long at all for this thing just to start skyrocketing and going because we're getting the foundation right. So for this year, we're focusing in on foundation. The next verse I'm going to share with you is Isaiah 37, verses 30 through 32, specifically about foundations. And so earlier this year, April and I were at this pastor's meeting. Sorry, I'm going to set this. I'm going to give you a little context, and then I'll read that verse. Sorry, media. Hard to follow. Too much coffee. Um, April and I were at this pastor's meeting for, like, young pastors would see through. We're up in Long Island, New York, up in Long Island. And it was a time of training and, like, just getting some things and helping us and some key principles to, for church planning. And so we were there, and then at the end of it, there was this guy, and he's been in ministry. His name's Phil Beekler, Pastor Phil. He has been at C3 Long Island probably longer than I've been alive. No disrespect, just this guy. I mean, he's like, he's a general. I mean, he's been, he's just charging faithful, faithful church, faithful family, great kid. I mean, just faithful. And he's praying over April and I, and he starts quoting this verse from Isaiah 37. He just starts quoting, hey, hey, this is going to be a verse for your church, man. you gotta, you got to get this thing in you. He's like, uh, God's going to build a foundation. God's going to build a foundation. And this verse is about three years. But in the next three years, God's going to build a foundation in your church. He's going to build a foundation. And he just kept saying it. And it was just beautiful. And so we started studying it after we left. Because, you know, like the primary way God speaks to us is through his written word, through the scriptures. That's how he's revealed himself to humanity. I mean, there's like a general revelation of like the tides come in and the tides go out and the moon and the star. Like, there's a general revelation like as a creator that created this. But then there's a specific revelation of who God is and what he's done in his history with humanity. It's through scripture. Inspired word, infallible, inerrant word of God. It speaks to us. It's living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. So the primary way we hear the voice of the Lord is through scripture. But the Holy Spirit lives inside of us once we give our life to Christ. And there's still spiritual gifts for the body of Christ today. And it helps us follow Jesus. It empowers us with boldness. And then there's giftings and different things. But one of the key gifts that are still real today is the spiritual gift of prophecy. And so here's this minister prophesying over us, speaking this, just quoting the scripture. And it had so much life on it. So April and I have been studying this 
for the last few months. So here it is. I'm going to read it with you. Isaiah 37, verses 30 through 32. And look, this is a specific word. Like, this was written to somebody. It wasn't written. It was written for us, but it wasn't written to us. So we got to understand the context. This was Isaiah writing. It was judgment to King Hezekiah. Like, this was, like, actual people in history written to King Hezekiah. Hey, just want to let you know, Judah, y'all have been getting it wrong. Y'all turned your back on me. You've put up other false idols. You're following other things. I'm just letting you, the Assyrians are coming in. Judgment's coming to this place. But I love you. There'll be a remnant. And out of that remnant, I'm going to rebuild Judah. It's going to be okay. And then we'll build it on the right foundation of following me. So that's where we pick up. This will be a sign for you, Hezekiah. This year, you will eat what grows by itself. And the second year, what springs from that. But in the third year, sow and reap. Plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Once more, a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. For out of Jerusalem will come a remnant. And out of Mount Zion, a band of survivors, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Man, we started focusing on verse 31. We'll take root below and bear fruit above. You got to dig a foundation. A building can only go as high as its foundation can handle. Roots below for fruit above. In your life with what God wants to do, the vision God's given you individually, you got to have roots below for the fruit above. Because you know what happens if you got a whole bunch of fruit and no roots? You get top-heavy and you tip over. And God will not do that to us. He loves us too much. He's too good. It's like me being 16. Mom and Dad, I want a Ferrari. No. You will wreck that thing before you get out of the driveway. Not that they could afford to get me a, a Ferrari. Let me just, you don't know my parents say, no, no, I won't. Just an example. It didn't come up like that. But uh, God's too good. Like, he's just too good. He's not going to fruit, 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 and zero roots. No way, man. He loves us too much. So maybe some of the hardships you've been going through, maybe some of the difficult times you've been going is causing your roots to go deeper in God's goodness and his faithfulness and his loving kindness and his mercy and his grace so that no matter what happens, fruit or no fruit, God's good, he's faithful, he's with me. I know this to be true. Our roots go deep. Our roots go deep. So April and I started studying this, and we were like, yeah, three years, that's great. But you know what? That's the word, foundation, babe, foundation. Roots below for fruit above, and that's what we're focusing in on. So I'm telling you, everything you're about to hear right now is we're building a foundation based on this. We're building a foundation based on this. Look, here's the the whole plan, guys. Here's the whole plan. We're going to build a building. We're going to build a building, or we're going to renovate an old building, or some way, some shape, somehow, I don't care how God does it, we're going to get out of this temporary situation, and we're going to get into a permanent fixed location that's our goal like that's our vision that's where we're going like that's 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 it that's the whole pitch right there (laughs) I even threw an underhand for you not even throw it we're gonna take ground in this city I don't know when I know it's not today I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know it's happening. And what I know about the future is you can't wait for the future to come. You can't wait for an opportunity to come and not be ready. You got to prepare today for tomorrow. You just, that's how life works. 
You have to prepare today, sacrifice today to secure tomorrow's future. That's how it works. And so as a church, we're going to take ground in this city. And it ain't about a building. We know that. It's not about a building. We are the church. We are the salt. We are the light. Everywhere we go, we shine our light. We are the church. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the temple of God everywhere we go. We know that. But come on, man, we don't want to meet in the parking lot when it's raining. I've done it before. My background was missions. April and I were joking around this morning. I was like, I ain't even sweating the power being out. I've preached before with no power under a mango tree. It's good. At least it ain't raining. <laughs> Get your phone out. Let's, we'll light this building up, right? Like, we don't need all this, but it's helpful. And it's symbolic when we take ground in a city. God's doing something here. We're going to build a light stand so you can see this light shine. And everyone that's hurting and broken and whatever all around this place, you come to this place and Jesus will help you. He'll heal you. He'll fix you. He is the solution. He's the resolution to any problem that we face. Raleigh's got half a million people in it, and it's growing like crazy. Wake County's got over a million people, and it's growing like crazy. That's half a million people right here in our city that are broken, that are hurting, that are crying. I just wish somebody would help me. I just wish somebody would give me the answer. I just wish somebody would help me find my purpose in life. I wish somebody would help me with this loneliness. I wish somebody would help me with this addiction. I want to do good, but I keep coming right back to the same spot. What do I do? And we're going to build a church in this city that's life-giving, where families can come and get restored. Your marriage isn't too far gone for God to redeem it. Your prognosis at the doctor ain't too bad for God to heal you. Like, there's no situation that's too hopeless or too, too big for our God. Nothing. Nothing's impossible. For, and we are going to declare that and live that until we see Raleigh start to look like heaven. So we're building a life-giving church to reach them. I'm telling you, it'll be a house of transformation. People will come in one way and leave another. Come in, Dad, and walk out alive in Christ. Kids learning their future, learning the truth of God, learning a foundation they can put. As the world shakes, shakes, and things break down, you are my rock. You are my everything. When I go to middle school and everybody goes crazy, right? Everybody's crazy in middle school. You are my rock. When things shake, shake, and I don't get that job promotion, you are my rock. We're teaching our kids today, right out of the gates, the principles of God. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church today. They take the kingdom of God into the lunch lines. They take the kingdom of God. There's no JV Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit we've got, they've got. There's no varsity. Well, you got to wait till you, uh, you turn 18 and then we'll put. No, let's go, baby. Now's the day of salvation. Let's go. Let's go, kids. But that's the type of church we're putting right here in this city. Sensitive of the needs around them. Always ready in this hectic world just to press pause and speak the truth into someone. Give somebody a hug. Hey, you know what? I know that situation's just terrible. It is. I totally agree with you. But God's with you. He's for you. Let me give you a hug. You're going to make it through this. And anything I can do to help you get through it, I'll do it. That's what we do as a church. All right, I got to get back to the foundation. I'm just preaching, man. Just having way too much fun. 
All right, all right, here we go. Kid City, they're crushing it. And look, out of all of this, though, strong families. Come on, strong families in a world where the divorce rate is the same inside of the church as outside of the church. Oh, we're going to do everything we can to build strong foundations in our families. And the, some of the foundations we're going to focus in on strengthening this year, I'll read them to you. Presence of God on Sunday mornings. We're going to keep doing what we've been doing. We're just going to do it with all the excellence we can. Pray a little bit more. Spend a little bit more time with the Lord. Every single Sunday morning, people coming in and feeling the love of God. Experiencing, uh, this church is not dead. Whoa, whoa, I just walked in. Whoa, hello, the Lord's here. Something's here. Good vibes, babe. Like something's in this building. I don't know, but what? it ain't like this at work on Monday. I like this place. It's alive. Every single Sunday morning, presence of God is in here. Altars are full. People are getting prayed for, getting help, filling impartations coming on. Man, things breaking off of lives. Freedom being discovered and found every single Sunday morning. Number two, dinner parties. Church is not meant to be lived in pews. It's meant to be lived around the table all over the city. Around the table, we break bread. We get honest with each other. We take our mask off. You can't lie when you're eating hot wings. You can't, you can't try to be all cool when you're like wiping grease off your face and biscuit crumbs. Like you just keep it real when you're eating. There's something spiritual about being around a dinner table and engaging and laughing and listening and eating. You just keep it real. God can never heal something that's hidden. And how many churches and how many times have I been guilty of coming and everything's good. Bless God. Praise God. Amen, brother. Come on, man. People don't talk like that. No, man, we're real. We all got issues. But it's around the dinner table that we feel comfortable and we invest into relationships and we get our phone out and we exchange numbers. Oh, you like coffee. Man, I love coffee, too. Let's go get coffee. Oh, you like to shoot guns? I like to shoot guns, too. Let's go shoot guns. Like, or whatever. We find commonalities and we start building friends. I know. Like, come on. We're in the South, man. We love the Second Amendment. We love it. You can edit that out of the podcast. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's true. That's what we do at dinner parties. We find commonalities and we just let our hearts bond. You know what I mean? We just begin to connect. Oh, you're going through that? Man, I went through that a few years ago. This is how God did it for me. This is a Bible verse that really I could stand on and help me so much when I was going through loneliness. Come on. Check that out. Let me pray with you. I'm going to follow up with you next week and just see how you're doing. Oh, all around the dinner table. And it's not weird. It's a lot of fun. Anybody been to a dinner party? Come on, man. We love breaking bread together. It's fun. I mean, the first half or the second half of dinner party is party. We have a good time doing it. All right. But here's the vision that God's called us to. Presence of God on Sundays, dinner parties all over the city, continuing the current ministries we've got, Kid City, worship, production, welcome team, our load-in team. Come on, man. Someone paid a price to create and make this thing look the way it looks, right? And we all want to do our part to be on that. If you want to learn more about getting on a team, today, following service, we've got our next step huddle. Pastor April and I will share a couple things about vision, and it's all about this is how the church is organized. We pray about it. If you want to get connected, we'll help you. So you can... Check that out after service. Then we've got outreaches that we're doing this year. Some that we did last year we're going to keep doing. We'll do an outreach over at Laurel Hills Park. It was so much fun. We bought snow cones for the whole park. Hey, here's a local church. We haven't launched yet, but we're going to. Did we, we didn't even know we were going to be in here, did we? 
<laughs> we're doing a church planning a couple months before we launch, and we're not even, we hadn't secured this building yet. But we knew we were launching the church somewhere, and so we're doing an outreach, giving out snow cones. Follow us on Instagram. There'll be a location update. We're hoping not to be in Daniel Middle School, but that's the backup plan. Come on. But we, so we've got some local outreaches that we're going to keep doing. Rise Against Hunger. Anybody do that? We packaged like 10,000 mils. That was pretty cool, right? Like just not just locally, but globally. We want to do our part to be the light of the world, right? So we're going to keep doing that, keep digging that foundation. But then we've got city partners. We've got three partners in Raleigh and two partners, one in, uh, oh, not in Raleigh. I'll tell you in a second. We're not just trying to build a building. We're trying to change the world. It's not about a structure. It's about releasing what God's called us to do. And we found partners in this city that we're going to give them as much money as we possibly can because they're crushing it. And we want to see them go further, run faster, reach more. At some point, eternity's real, and it lasts forever. And we're all eternal beings going to live somewhere, either in heaven or in hell. So what we do today is going to impact someone's tomorrow for all eternity. So we got to live that way, strategically, with the vision. So we found five partners we're going to give everything we can to this year. And then lastly, we are going to position our church to be in a permanent location. I tell myself that on Sunday morning sometimes when it's really cold outside and I'm back in the truck up. One day we will be permanent. I will not be loading this truck, you know? It is what it is, right? But it's okay because we don't despise the day of small beginnings. You got to start somewhere if you want to change the world. Can't wait till all the situations are just right. Then That ain't faith. If you wait for everything to line up before you ever step out of the boat, you'll never step out of the boat. You just won't. But we are positioning our church to be in a permanent location. Man, Pastor Phil, we heard him say, the leader of our movement, say, don't wait until you need a building for vision builders. Or don't wait until you're in a building to do a vision builder. Start right out the gate. We want to get into a building one day. We're going to purchase property here in Raleigh, so let's get ready for it, right? All right. So that's what we're doing. Then we heard Pastor Jurgen say, our giving, our sacrifices today secure the future. Come on. The sacrifices we make today secure tomorrow's future. So if we want to get into a building, if we want to get into a position to be ready when that opportunity comes to seize it and to go for it, it requires us to do something today. It just does. That's how the future works. There's always a battle for the future. And like our tithes and our offerings are great. That's the day in, the day out operations of the church. That's awesome. But what we're doing is vision builders. We're creating a fund for the future. We're creating a fund. And don't worry, you can keep your wallet right in your pocket. This ain't that type of thing. I'm just telling you the vision and then asking you to go home and pray. And whatever God puts in your heart, he's going to begin to reveal to you what your part is. We're not going to twist anyone's arm to give a dime. That's not how this church works. Hey, this is what God's word says about being blessed and about sowing and reaping. This is what the Bible says about tithing. We believe it. We're living it. And we experience the blessing that comes with it. But every person's got to come to that place where they just... Ooh, I trust you. I'm going to trust you with my finances. And even out of our tithes and all, like we're already giving a lot away. Out of every tithe and offering that comes, 10% goes to church planning. 
through C3 and through ARC, the organization that helped us, Association of Related Churches. They helped us, hey, come up with your business model. Come up with your plan. Come, And they helped us do all this homework and legwork to get ready to launch a church. So every, sing, every dollar that comes in, we give 10% of it right back into church planning. So we're doing that. We just want to do more. And we want to do some things right here in our region. So here we go. Here are the five partners that we're going to work with this year. Number one, Carol's Kitchen. Anybody ever heard of Carol's Kitchen? Anybody ever eaten there? Or had? Oh, my, isn't it good? Just soul food? I mean, it's like some comfort food. I love that place. But their vision's a lot better than good food. If I just left it at the food, I'd be underselling it. So I'm sorry. Thinking about lunch. Carol's Kitchen is a nonprofit social enterprise restaurant that creates a healthy employment opportunity for ladies that are coming out of traumatic events. And, like, the way it works, their whole goal is just they exist to stand in the gap for women that are seeking employment while recovering from traumas like homelessness, incarceration, addiction, domestic violence, et cetera. Like, anything traumatic where it's like, oh, man, I just, oh, how am I? They come in and bring some stability, bring some training, bring some support, bring some encouragement. I know that was so bad. It was. But you know what? That's not the end of your story. It's just a chapter. Let's flip the page, go to the next chapter, and here's an opportunity. We're going to help you get back. Love it. Number two, healing transition. Anybody ever heard of healing transitions? Yeah, those guys are crushing it. This is one of the greatest needs in our day and era. People are struggling all over with so many things, addiction. But it's not just alcohol or not just this type of drug. or the, It's all over the thing. I mean, I can think of one of my best buddies growing up, his younger brother, got addicted to pills, couldn't afford pills anymore, started using heroin. Fast forward a few years, and I get the phone call when we're in Dallas. Stuart, you hear about my younger brother, Jonathan? No, what? He, he overdosed on heroin. What? Like, this kid was like, what? It's a real thing, and it's killing people every single day. And we'll do everything we can as a church to help someone find freedom. But there's professionals who went to school, who got the training. He know exactly what type of environment to create to best serve someone's unique addictions. And we're going to come alongside a healing transition this year and give them as much money as we can. Because it's a real need. So they've got a men's campus and a women's campus, and it's all tailored to serve unique needs of those struggling with addiction. Especially the homeless the uninsured, or the underserved. How beautiful is that? We don't have to be an expert on every type of need as a church. We just got to partner with those who are good at it. Specialization. Like Another local one, Carroll Magnet Middle School, wherever we're at. We told them from day one, we do not want to just be a tent paying you, tenant paying you rent. We don't want that. We want to have a partnership where we're helping your students, we're helping your families, we're helping your PTA and your teachers. So over the last year, we've brought breakfast in for work days. We've had work days where we worked with assistant principals and teachers and students and pulled weeds and all this type of stuff. We've had some work days. Uh, where's Letitia at? Letitia's over here building a theater set. Like she's building for, was it The Hobbit? Whatever it was. Letitia's over here painting and cutting and building like a Hobbit door and all this stuff, man. Just trying to serve. We don't want to be a tenant. We want to be a partner. But we don't just want to show up with our time and roll our sleeves up. That's cool, and we're going to do that. But we want to give money. We want to bless them. We believe in what you're doing. We believe in the kids. Here we go. How can we help? 
and we give. C3 Music City, there's a new church plant coming in Nashville this year. April and I met the pastors, Steve and Amy Stewart. They relocated their family from Atlanta to plant a church in Nashville because God called them to do it. A city-influencing church in every major city. That's our dream. That's what we're a part of, and it's bigger than us. So we're going to come alongside. We're not going to wait till our finances are perfect. We're going to go ahead and be faithful. You start out the way you want to hold out. So we're going to take our first year. We're going to bless church planters. We're going to pour in sacrificially. We're going to believe the best for the city of Nashville, and let's see what God can do in Nashville. So we're going to do it. And then lastly, Iglesia Las Buenas Nuevas Central. There's 60 campuses in Venezuela. We had the distinct pleasure of meeting the senior pastor's son at La Careta, Taco Tuesday. You know the Lord's and Dollar Tacos. Like, amen. Everyone can agree. Amen. And the Lord's in that, yes. And we met the son over a year and a half ago. He was our waiter. And he's brought so much joy in our life. He was wayward. He was struggling. He needed family. He needed hope. He needed his faith again. He needed another. He needed an opportunity to get things back right. He did. But we got connected with him. He's been one of our most faithful leaders, Gadiel. And his parents pastor an amazing church in Venezuela. And the situation in Venezuela is so bad right now. People legitimately don't know where they're going to get food from. Don't know where they're going to get clothes from. Don't know if they're ever going to get any medicine. Things are bad. We don't hear a ton of it on the news, but things are bad, and they're close. The best way I know to frame this, his parents were in town. They were at a dinner party a week ago, and we were talking about the situation. I was like, well, what does it look like right now? Stuart, we've got people that want Tylenol. They go to the store to buy Tylenol, and it's $20 for two pills. I can't even imagine what everything else looks like. $20 for two pills of Tylenol? Y'all better have some, like, healing services going on at that church, man. I can't afford time. All 20 bucks for two. That was a bad joke and terrible timing. Yeah, it's a serious, it's a serious thing. It is. And their church is positioned to be the salt and light. They've positioned where they open up the doors, come here and eat, come here and get clothing. As much medicine as we can scrounge up, we're going to get it. We're going to get it to you. And we have an opportunity to come around this church in one of the darkest times of that city, in the darkest times of that nation, and come alongside the church and help hold their arms up so when the world's at its darkest, the church is shining at its brightest. And we've got an opportunity right here in Raleigh to send money, to send resources, to send goods that will help them advance the cause of Christ in Venezuela. And Bacis, Barquis Cementos. Hope that's close. He's not here to correct me, so... You can send me an email after he listens to the podcast. But we are. We're going to partner with Carol's Kitchen, Healing Transitions, Carol Magnet Middle School, C3 Music City, and Iglesia Las Buenas Nuevas Central. Buenas Nuevas, good news. I don't know if you remember Spanish from high school. It's probably a while. Good news. Good news. I know we can't get any medicine around here, but here's good news. God never leaves us nor forsakes us. And we might suffer right now temporarily, but one day we're holding home to the eternal hope of glory. Heaven's going to be better. There's no $20 Tylenol in heaven. It's going to be better. 
So specifically, here's what our Vision Builders is all about. We're believing God we are going to raise $50,000 to begin preparing us for a permanent location. And we're going to give 15% of it away to these partners. We will never preach about being generous if we don't model it as a church. We're not going to preach anything we're not living. So as a church, we're believing, ask God for the impossible. This is not based on our resources. It's based on God's. We don't have to depend on our ability and what we can see. We have to depend on him and be faithful. Let's do it, God. You're with us. Let's go. But we're believing we're going to raise $50,000 to begin preparing for a permanent location, and we're going to give 15% of it away to these partners. I'm telling you, we are going to dig roots below for fruit above, and it's coming. And we're all going to do our part. We're all going to sacrifice what it looks like. But we're going to position ourselves for the future. We're going to position ourselves right now today for the future. God always calls us to something that's bigger than our current capacity. He just does. It's not about living life with comfort and the status quo. Eternity is going to last for forever. And God is always calling us to something bigger than our current capacity. And we start moving by faith. We start moving by faith. I'm going to trust you more. I'm going to trust you more. I'm going to trust you more. But I'm telling you, I've done as much as I can to say this as clearly as what God has given to us about this vision for this upcoming year. And there's, there's now a fund when you go like on online. 95% of our church gives online. Like the buckets, it's like, I mean, they're good. We like it. It's cool. But like most people just pull out their phone and text a number, right? Like that's, that's our generation. That's how we work. Um, but there's now a fund for vision builders. Now, you're going to hear a lot more about vision builders coming up toward the end of the year or, t- or t- all of next year. Each month, we're going to have an update from one of our partners, update of where the, how this fund's going, how things. We're going every single month. We're going to have stories coming out. Like, and just so that's coming. But today, it's not about that. I just want to I want to put this in your lap. Hey, will you pray with me with this? Will you pray and seek God about this vision and what your role is to plan it? This is not my church. It's not Pastor April's church. It's our church. And we all have a role to play. As we pray this week, I want you to ask God what your part is and how it fits in the vision builders. What's our fit, God? What's our contribution? Where do we pick up the shovel and start digging? Where, God? Where? God's not limited. There's all sorts of creative ways that he can get resources to us. A couple months ago, we had a potato chip company come beside us and start tithing and giving off the profits of their company. Like God is created. He's not limited by the resources we see. He's not. He's infinite. He owns everything. It's all his. We're just simply stewarding it. But we all have a role to play. We all have a part. We all have a shovel to grab and start digging to help lay this foundation. And it could be something as silly or something as creative as Amazon Smile or the corporate charity matching system. We have a lot of companies that will match your charitable giving. It could be anything like that. It could be a potato chip company. Who knows? 
But I know that if we'll step out of the boat in faith and start digging a foundation to build a bigger light stand for all to see the goodness of God here in Raleigh and to the ends of the earth, he'll meet our needs. He'll meet our needs. He'll give us everything we need for life and for godliness. If you want to learn more about this and stay connected, take your phone out and can text this number, 919-796-3784. You can text that number. You can get more info. You'll get more updates about Vision Builders and our partners and how to contribute. And if you're even listening in this podcast in the future, this is for you. You can text VISION to 919-769-3784. And by texting VISION to that number of 919-769-3784, by texting the simple word VISION, it'll enroll you to start receiving updates and learn more. But I'm telling you, over the next few months, we've got an opportunity to position ourselves to see the Holy Spirit move in a powerful way in Raleigh. Guys, we're not going to play it safe. We're not going to play it comfortable. We're going to live like hell is hot and eternity lasts for forever. We're going to live that way every single day. And I'm telling you, if you came in here today and hearing about vision and hearing about future, and you don't even, it just doesn't make sense. I got None of this makes sense if you don't understand the vision of this church, and it's simply to introduce you to Jesus. It's just to introduce you to Jesus. When we meet Jesus, he awakens us to his light and his love. And I'm telling you, if you came in here today feeling like the weight of the world's on your shoulders, zero confidence in what the afterlife is going to look like, you got to know God loves you. He came, he sent his son, he came to earth, he left heaven, came to earth, he lived the life we should have lived, he died the death that we deserve to die, and now he offers salvation to anyone that will believe in him. It's a free gift. And if you came in here today worrying about your future, worrying about your eternity, worrying about your purpose, feeling so distant from God, oh, I tried that when I was in school, I tried that when I was a kid, I went to... Bible school once. I went to Sunday school once. And you've walked away. I'm telling you, God's arms are wide open today. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.